This podcast is brought to you by Avon and New Power Serum in partnership with Marie Claire. Hi, I'm Andrea Thompson, Editor-in-Chief of Marie Claire, and we're back with another episode of the Avon Power in Aging podcast. Today, I'm speaking to Nsiki Biela. Nsiki is South Africa's first black female winemaker. She launched Aslina Wines, a self-funded wine business, at the age of 39. Interestingly, she'd never even tasted wine when she leapt at a life-changing opportunity to study winemaking at university. Not only did Biela overcome prejudice, but she saw untapped potential within it and set about marketing wine for a black South African audience. Her story of overcoming prejudice in business is truly inspiring. Hi, Nsiki. It's so lovely to meet you. Um, your story is very, very inspiring. Hi, nice meeting you. Nsiki, you're a trailblazer in so many respects. Who were your role models growing up? Looking at role models, I think role models, they change all the time, uh, depending on the stage you're at. But there are those who stays long until whenever. Um, I think as a person who grew up with a grandmother, so I grew up with my grandmother, taking care of my grandmother. Um, so for me, she was my first role model um, in all aspects of things because of what she used to do. And I think as I grew up, I realized that she was one of those people, I would say, they will, turn, they will touch something and turn it into gold because she was earning very little, but she was supporting a big family on her pension. And so there were so many things to learn from her as I was growing up and just her, her way of doing things. And some of the things that I realized that what kept her going, but I realized that as an adult, that this was the reason behind her spirituality, that was what was keeping her grounded, that was keeping her supported as an adult. Because when you're a child, you're like, she talks about prayer and you're like, oh gosh, grandmother's gonna take long and there's gonna be this. And then as you grow older, you're like, oh, this was the reason for her, this is what it meant actually, you know? And then you start picking up those things. So in terms of my role models, she's been my role model, she's late. But still, I still tap into what she used to do. I still tap into what she used to say uh, on my path. And so as I grew older, and role model, she didn't change. She's just that person. But there are more role models that uh, I met along the way in terms of business. I used to see how my former boss used to do things. And I was like, pick up things that I like and those that I'm like, okay, this one is a lesson of not to, you know, so yeah. Absolutely. And you had a, you grew up in South Africa. Would you say you had a typical um, childhood? Are there sort of strong memories that stand out for you that are quite typical of somebody in your situation? Or do you think you had formative experiences that made you the person that you are? Because you are hugely successful, aren't you? And you have gone on to be, you know, break so many boundaries and so, so many uh, barriers. Where does that come from? With my grandmother and grandfather, there were no boys. So I had to do things that boys were supposed to be doing. Uh, like looking after cows, being the one who's milking the cows, being the one who's taking the cows to the to graze land and just basically be, I'm going to call it being the boy in the house. So that's what I had to do. 
Um, but it, so, it, it was very interesting. I think I remember when my grandmother would like me to cook something and my grandfather would be like, no, she can't be cooking. She has to go do this and this and this. And my grandmother's like, but she's a girl. <laughs> but I, I, I like that part of my grandfather. And he's like, no, but she can't, she's not going to be cooking. She can't be, in the, to be busy with pots. She's supposed to be doing... Because I wasn't a fan of cooking anyways. So it was, you know, on my side. Like whatever grandfather was saying, it's on my side. But at the same time, there were things I needed to learn. Not because I'm a girl, but just so that everyone has to learn them. As you grow up, you realize that it is important for everybody to learn certain things. So, yeah. So these are sort of quite formative experiences then for you that made you realize that, you know, you had to be not stereotypical and be slightly outside the box and learn different skills, which probably armed you really well for your career. They actually, they helped me do well in my career, especially when coming into the wine industry, which is known for being male dominated, white and whatnot. And I'm like male dominated. I'm looking back. Oh, yeah, I was doing the same thing that they did. You know, I was looking after cows, I was doing, you know, but at the same time, I was going with the girl who go fetch the wood in the forest and doing all those things. So I didn't actually have a typical for girls or typical for boys. What do you think was the hardest thing, the biggest challenge for you about breaking into the wine industry? You've talked a little bit about how you were quite different from the typical person. What sort of uh, discrimination did you face? I think when it comes to discrimination, as a person, there are choices that you need to make as a person. Do you focus on it or you ignore it and focus on the thing? Because remember, what you focus on in life, it expands. It, it, it becomes more, it becomes even more visible. So for me, it was a matter of, do I focus on that or not? So there were discrimination instances that were happening, but it was a choice I made that, you know what, uh, I'm not going to focus on that. Just an example, I remember um, when I started working as a winemaker and farmers would be coming in to sell grapes and they're looking for a winemaker. And when I'm being pointed as a winemaker, they're like, no, 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 we're looking for a winemaker, not the seller supervisor. And interestingly, when I look back, it never, it never hurts to say, you know, you're supposed to, you know, see me as a winemaker and whatnot. I'll be like, oh yeah, sure. And I'll point them to the office gladly point them to the office and they'll go to the office meet my boss and then my boss is like I've got no idea about wine you can go back I'll take you to the winemaker <laughs> and, and they'll get to me and then we'll, like I'll have a conversation with them um so for me those things it was like oh yeah it happened but what is the bigger picture of this because there were people within the industry who were saying how can we help you what do you want be careful of this don't do it like that do this you know and, and get that guidance so mm. it was for me, let me focus on the people who want me to be a better person, mm. you know, because that is going to help me to move forward. This one, absolutely not. It's not, you know, the, it doesn't matter whether I'm breathing or not. This doesn't matter on this side. Mm. In, in your career, you actually came quite late to wine, didn't you? You trained as, a, as an engineer, for, or you wanted to be an engineer. Um, and, you know, wine was something that you were not really, sort of didn't have a particular interest in, but then you trained to do it. Can you tell me a little bit about how, you know, wine became a passion for you? So um, when I was growing up, uh, my grandmother wanted me to, to be a land surveyor. And I was excited about that. And then I was like, okay, when I was in high school, I was like, I'm going to do civil engineering because there's land surveying in there. So my grandmother will be happy. I'll be happy. 
So that was the plan. But at the end of the day, I ended up applying for chemical engineering, um, which I didn't get the scholarship for. I was getting, we regret all this, you know. And then when, and then I left school, um, I got a job to work as a domestic worker in Durban. I worked there for a year. While I was working there, I got a call from school to say, hey, there's a scholarship to study winemaking uh, at Stellenbosch University. I asked no question. I was like, yes, because there was an opportunity for me to do something. So I agreed. And I remember when I got a call from South African Airways, they said, do you know it's in Afrikaans? And I was like, um, no, I don't, but I'll learn. You know, <laughs> the nice part, I was like, I'll learn. My mind didn't tell me how difficult that was going to be. Uh, all I knew, my focus was on what I want to do. The rest, I'll deal with it when I get there. So, wow. I mean, that's just such a wonderful sense of positivity that you have there and determination. Um, when you got onto the course, there couldn't have been many people that looked like you on that course, because I can imagine if it's taught in Afrikaans as well, you know, there's a certain yeah. type of person that's going to be expected to be on that course. Yeah, yeah. So there went. There went a lot of us uh, doing the course. Um, we're probably about a handful of us doing the course. And I think the tricky part was when you're sitting in class, the lecturer speaks, you've got no idea what the lecturer is saying. You follow on the book to try and see where they are. Um, and there will be a joke that the lecturer cracks and then everybody laughs and you just look around because <laughs> you don't know what they're laughing about. To a point you start laughing at the fact that others are laughing and you don't, you're laughing at yourself that you don't understand what they're laughing about. So, you know, it gets to that point. And how did you, so you, you graduated from there and then you decided to um, work for a bit within the industry before going it alone. That's, that's quite a scary decision, isn't it? To have employment and a regular wage after all of that training to then suddenly go it alone. Uh, how old were you at that point and what motivated that decision? So what motivated the decision was, while I was a student, I knew that at some point I want to start my own business. That I was clear with um, from varsity. I was clear, even though at that time I didn't know what it was going to be. And when I was working, because I knew that I'm working toward starting my own business, it was important that I learn all aspects of the business. And I was lucky to be working at a winery that was small, that gave me that opportunity to basically, if I talk about working in all aspects, even understanding what's happening in the financial side, even though I didn't like that part, because as a winemaker, I want to buy barrels, I want to buy this and this and this, but now I've got the inside info, I know what's happening on finance, so it blocks me before I could get blocked by anything. And I'm like, I want one, two, and three. I'm like, ish, we don't have enough money. I can't. So it, it, it was, so I didn't want to know at the end. Like, I don't want to know what's happening on the finance so that I can go ask for stuff without thinking that it's, we don't have money, you know. Mm. So, um, so that was basically that. But I think because I knew that I wanted to start, when the time came for me to start, um, I jumped. I jumped the ship and things, everything I wanted at that time aligned with the plan that I had. Um, from training at different countries, I've done France, I did Italy and doing a collaboration with an American winemaker and basically making the collaborative wine uh, with, 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 with the winemaker and starting that to sell in the US. 
and basically having relationships that I had built within the industry. So all that had aligned for me when it's time for me to jump the ship, I could be able to. I jumped, even though I didn't have money at that time, to say, hey, I've got a backup. Uh, if it, you know, th there was no backup. You just had the sense, that self-belief then, obviously. It's you just faith. knew. I, yeah. It, it, there are certain things in life that you just cannot put a finger on to say, how do you know that? But there was this thing that I knew that it's going to work. But it's just that, but it doesn't mean it eliminates the fear. Okay, it doesn't eliminate the fear. You're still scared. You're still worried that what am I gonna? Where am I gonna get the money for food? Where am I gonna get the money if I do what? You know, you still have all those voices, even though there's this one that says it is gonna work, but you still so, have all these other issues. So for you, what silences those voices? Because for a lot of women, you know, those voices can be overpowering, which limits them and stops them taking risks. How do you silence those voices and listen to the run true voice that is telling you, go for it? It was the fact that I knew that it wasn't something that I woke up and said, oh, I want to do one, two, and three. It's been something that has been going on for a long time because it has been there. I have, if I'm going to say I've been cooking it in my brain, thinking of it, tossing it around, it has been, like, I was feeling... Whenever I thought of, I'm going to start my own business, I was feeling peaceful about it. There was no war inside me that it's uncomfortable. I was, feeling, I was feeling calm about it, even though the voices are there. Because I need to think, oh, when, what happened? What, you know, have all those things. But the thought of having my own business, it was calming. Do you feel that you've actually grown with confidence as you've aged? Because... Certainly, you know, a lot of women that I speak to lots of women who feel that maybe their 20s are a learning decade and 30s, they still got insecurity. But as they get into their, you know, late 30s and 40s, something happens and they discover that sense of purpose. And certainly that's backed up in the new research with Avon, with, you know, two thirds of women saying that they actually have gained confidence with age. Is that is that the case for you? It is. You find yourself content. You find, you find yourself content in, in oh, there is noise around, but you find yourself you're content even though the, you know about the noise around. It doesn't, it's like you are in the waving sea, but you, you, are, you are relaxed in it. You, mm. you accept everything that is happening and you're like, okay, when to I'll deal with you, you know, just it's, it's that part of being content and mm. So it's basically, uh, whether you want to you call that confidence, I think, yes, it brings confidence and all, but you get content with things that are happening around. Mm. And what gives you, what things bring confidence for you? Is it, you know, a sense of purpose in your work? Is it feeling like yourself inside or feeling that you look good on the outside? Or is it a combination of all of those? Tell me how you go out with your best face forward. I think it's a combination of all of the above, but mostly also understanding yourself. Where mm. you're at a point of knowing what is it that sits well with you. And you find yourself, you can say no to something and not feel bad about it. Having, being in a position where you know that uh, right now, I don't want to, I just want to be me and enjoy what I'm doing at this time and acknowledge everything as it happens. So that yeah. feels, you feel like it, it makes you, 
content in every sense. So, yeah. And I think, you know, getting into your 40s is a key time, isn't it? Because I mean, it you is. launched your business at 39, so it's extremely sort of pertinent to our conversation. Um, you know, women now see 40 as almost, you know, an exciting milestone, whereas something to dread, which again was certainly brought out in, in, in the Avon survey, um, with people saying that, you know, they felt, they had a new sense of relief, of confidence, of excitement about mm. their 40s. How, 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 how did turning 40 affect you? I, I was looking forward to it because it's like, you know, again, that was based on you seeing people who are 40 ahead of me who were like, I'm 40 and I look good. You know, I'm 40 and I feel comfortable. So you're like, I just, I want to get there so that I can... It felt like actually once you get there, then that comes while actually it's a realization of all the things you've been doing on the path. So you get there, you, you're not having a struggle of what to wear and how you dress up. You're not having a struggle of, um, do I put on a makeup or I don't? It's a must to put a makeup or not, you know? You're like, no, 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 I, I want to go without one today. Oh yeah, no, I'm going to something, let me do one, two, and three. Like, w without trying to do for anybody, but you're like, I just wanna, you know, this time today I wanna have this and this. And you find yourself in a position where you feel like when I'm sitting down and just thinking about myself, who am I without all the noises? Who am I? And you find yourself comfortable mm -hmm. at who you are. And what you, and especially whether you've achieved certain things that we wanted, because one of the other issues I think we're chasing certain things. I want to achieve one, two, and three. Da, 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 da. At forty, you're like, yeah, I want to achieve that. But most importantly, it's for me to be at peace while working on that. You yeah. understand the essence of what is more important than just chasing the goals. It's actually to be at peace and be comfortable in the process of chasing whatever. Yeah, I, I think the pandemic really, you know, shifted things for a lot of people and made us think about what's important, didn't it? You know, it's it did. suddenly this point of reevaluating everything. And you were just grateful to be able to age and to be still here and be healthy. Yes. And for a lot of us, we sort of looked at our life and reframed it. Was that the case for you? And, you know, what, what kind of things came to the fore? Um, during the pandemic and have you changed as a result inwardly? Um, I've changed. Um, I think one of the things that was very interesting, I used to have a lot of stock of wine, getting <laughs> wines from different places. And I now comfortably open a bottle of a special wine. And it's, if I feel like my throat, I feel like something like this, I go for it. I'm not saying, eh, hey, I'll keep you when. I'm like, no, the when is now. I'm going to enjoy that one right now. Have I cooked for it or not? I just want to enjoy that, you know. So I've, I've got into that part to say, and I've got into the part that I need to be conscious and be conscious and deliberate and be deliberate about things I want to do. Do I want to go see my friend? And I've allocated time to say, I know that I work, 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 right? But I've said at a certain time, I need to make sure that each week I call my friends or each week I go see a friend, have a cup of coffee. So 
it has been one of really appreciating the people we have, but at the same time, not just appreciate, but showing them that you appreciate. And also just spending time with the people and doing things that you enjoy, doing things that you love. And yeah, but again, we humans, we're going to go back to our default setting at some point. We are aware of that, that at some point we're going back to the default setting. So, but for now, we're still aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like you've redefined, you know, what success looks like for you at work since you've turned 40 and since you've got into this decade? I think um, as I grew, definitely what success is has been redefined in my space because as I said, it's all at the end of the day, you want to have peace and contentment. So what is it that brings that to my space? Hmm. Is it rushing for clocks? Is it rushing to do certain things? I'll say that I've changed so much. So when I started the company, the culture of the company is completely different from what people talk about when you talk about cultures of the company. I think, um, I've spoken a lot to my team to say what is important is that you must have a work-life balance. That is important. Yes, we spend most of the time at work, so we need to make sure that as a team, certain times we like literally decide we're going for lunch. Out of the blue, we're going for lunch as the team. Let's go have lunch. We decided that at work, we're going to make sure that twice a year, let's go away for weekends away as a team that the company to take care of that, we go our way, let's go play as a team. Because there are things you do with your family and whatever, but there are things you want to do with as a team. And so, not that, I know that people talk about team building and whatnot, but again, it's just to try and balance the life. That's, at the end of the day, that's what is important. It sounds like you have a lovely culture at your work. <laughs> no, we do. We, we love, I think that's what we realized. Oh, this is what happened actually this year. We said we need to change some of the things because we've been eating too much. So like, we need to include in this whole culture an exercising day. <laughs> nice. I was actually going to get onto that because, we need you know, to include, you, <laughs> the balance yeah. thing. The ba- but yeah, <laughs> we've just realized that now we're like, okay, guys, hmm. so we need to take one day a week where we're going to take an afternoon, go up hiking. I love hiking, so because mm. I was like, they're like, gym, as I count me out at the gym, I'm a person of nature. I love to be outside, and I think it is important. So, and everyone actually was like, actually, we would love to be outside. I was like, okay, cool. So, we're going to, we, we're basically planning that to say, okay, on a certain day, we're going to take work and then leave early afternoon, go for a walk, do an hour walk up the mountain, and mm. then come back and go home and, you know, or go out for dinner. But we, We've been eating and we enjoy drinking wine. Out, out of the blue, we're like, oh, let's taste the wines. It just, yeah. It's always going to be there as a temptation, certainly, if you've got that, <laughs> got that at home and, you know, at work as well. No, um, do, so, yeah. do, do you feel that um, beauty and skincare can play a role in, you know, that sense of rebalancing and feeling, you know, um, a sense of confidence and relaxation as well? Um, as almost an opposite to the craziness of your work and, and and how does that you know how does that manifest itself in your life i think what happens within ourselves will show outside but it also need help you know as uh, so part of taking care of our bodies so there's mind body and soul so mm. part of taking care, you, can, you need to take care of your body. You need to take care of your soul. You need to take care of your mind. That including eating healthy, that including 
exercising that including whatever you put on your body it must really nature and nourish your skin so that is important yeah and have you felt a shift in what beauty and well-being means to you as you've got into your 40s i think whatever i was thinking of it when i was growing up and what i'm seeing it hence nowadays it it more it it, has, it is a balance of the inside and the outside mm it is beauty is the balance of the inside and the outside because as beautiful as you are inside that's as beautiful as you want to be outside so it is important what you're using for your skin do you eat very healthily as well i'm sure you have so much access to beautiful vegetables and fresh vegetables and great diet where you are yeah we do look um south africa we've got vegetables we've got everything but we love our meat <laughs> yeah, yeah. We love our meat, but we've got great meat. So, you know. So, um it, it is eating healthy, but I love my wine at the same time. So, mm. it, it's just having a balance of all that and and actually drinking a lot of not a lot of water, but drinking water the way you're supposed to. Mm. Um and then basically is nourishing my skin. I don't want to lie, I haven't been taking care of my What I've noticed, I'll tell you this, what I've noticed is what I was using for my face in my 30s. There was a point where I had to struggle because <laughs> I'll use something on my face. I'm like, "Oh, my face is so dry." And then I'll go use something else. But it what helped was I remember I got to one shop and I said, "This is the product I'm using." Um, we've got tea in South Africa called Rooibos tea. Oh, yes, I know. I drink so, that. Oh, it's beautiful tea. Mm. So, and a friend of mine kept on saying that actually you can use tea to wash your face. And I was like, "Hmm. Okay." So, I remember because I was using then I ended up using the product of the tea, the rooibos, to actually use as my facial whatnot. And but whatever I was using, it wasn't age appropriate hence my skin was drying out. Those were things I didn't know. And then I remember the lady saying, "How old are you?" And then when I told her how old she's like using the wrong product, that is for your age. <laughs> oh, really? Interesting. She was like, this is for your age group. And I was like, "Oh, so and I was like, "Oh, so it there is age in this whole thing." So, yeah. I do you worry do you ever worry about aging? Cuz right now I think there is a real sense of gratitude about where we are if you've you know, if you're healthy and you're well. and certainly you know the survey results showed that more and more women are feeling good about aging mentally but mm. do you ever worry about the physical changes in your body and ageism at work or anything like that no even before covid actually i was fine like i was i used to have an issue when i'm seeing anti-aging creams and i'm like Who's anti-aging? Like I, I just didn't get it. Um, so I actually no, no. It's I think just feel quite positive about getting older. No, I've been, and, I've, I've, yeah. I've been positive. I think I've been looking at my grandmothers, looking at my aunts and everyone else, and I never saw anything negative about it. Yeah. So for me, no. I, I used to like I never understood with people worried about wrinkles, and I was like, but wrinkles are beautiful. Like. As a wrinkles are beautiful. It shows that you've actually grown. It shows that there is I think again probably it's because of where I grew up and how I grew up. When you've got those signs it means you've matured, you've got all the wisdom. 
So I want so fantastic. So That's I want to have that wisdom. I see it on wrinkles. So. And there isn't a pressure that you don't feel an external pressure. That's yeah. so, that's fantastic, and I absolutely love I love that attitude, and I think that that is growing. But I think that there are still sometimes some pressures, and it's wonderful if you can almost sort of live outside that, and you know, yes. feel so empowered about getting older. So, um, tell me a bit about where what your goals are for the next five and ten years, and you know where you see yourself blossoming as 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 your business grows and you you know grow as a woman as well. That's one of the okay in terms of business. That's one of the most difficult questions. I think since COVID, I was like, I don't think I'm allowed to think in five years. Can I think about what I want right now and and be grateful for each moment that. Um, is happening. Um, but I mean, the business is growing, we're growing as a, uh, as a business, there's so many things that we need to achieve in terms of growth, in terms of size of the business, that needs to happen in terms of the market share, in terms of building our own facilities. So the business still have a lot to achieve. But I think as an individual, for me, the contentment that I have, and also to have more time to myself, not just be mostly working. So I think as the company grows, having enough people in the company so that I can also have more time to do other things than just work. Mm. Do you work long hours at the moment? Is it something that you know mm. takes up most of your time, your job? Not really. I don't work, I work like normal hours. Um, when I was starting, yes, uh, I had no time. It was like the clock was just going. Um, now that we are a team of five, um, I work like normal hours, and obviously some days they're not, the days are not going to be the same, uh, but there's still a lot of traveling that I still do on behalf of the business, where basically I'm working long hours. Mm. So, yeah, so there's that. But at the same time, is that when I'm traveling, to make sure how do I balance while I'm traveling, because again, it is important to try and keep that balance. As difficult as that is when you're traveling, but it is to be conscious about it, to say I need to make sure that I maintain a certain way to keep my health up. And when you look back at your sort of your 20s and the person that you were when you were younger, what do you wish that you'd known? If you had to sort of pass on some lessons to your younger self, what do you wish you'd known when you were younger? I think if I would have taken better care of my health and balance, to get myself balanced. Because I remember when I was, when I just started working as a winemaker, damn, I was working like a, I don't know. Like, I, I, one thing I appreciated, there was this um, auntie who was cleaning at the office. She used to, at lunchtime, I would be like this on my computer, working, because we've been working at the Sailor's Harvest, and then lunchtime I'm working. She'll come with a sandwich and tea and put it on my desk and close the door, and she'll stamp on her foot down, and she's like, you better eat. And I'll be like, I'm going to... She goes, you're not going to answer me. And I'm like, okay. And then I'll eat. But those are things I shouldn't even have... It shouldn't have gone there. I should have said, okay, it's time to take a break. It is important to take a break. Take an hour break or whatever break, but just do take a break. Refresh yourself and come back afresh to do the work. Because then that understanding that actually whether it's 15 minutes or 30 minutes of taking a break, it's going to make me even more 
you know, stronger when I get back to my work. Rest is so important and rejuvenation. That's... I think that, you know, if you don't rest, you can't come up with the best ideas. You can't strategize. Um, yeah. Have you ever reached that point where you've felt at the point of burnout through yes. lack of rest? And um, tell me about that. <laughs> what happened and how did you get yourself out of it? Because I think it's something that a lot of business women face it's at one point um, during their journey. So I always know when I'm starting to feel that. It starts by me feeling a little bit irritable. And then I'm like, hmm, there's a problem. So when, I'm, when I catch it at that stage of saying I'm feeling tired, I'm feeling irritable, then I give myself a full day off, off the computer, off the phone, switch off everything, and then I go up hiking. I come back, life is beautiful again. So it is important, again, that's about knowing yourself. What is it that when you do actually fulfills you? It fills your spirit. It makes you nourished. That is the key. It is important to know those things. And for me, I know that going up the mountain, going to a quiet space, it basically does that for me. I think that's such an important point you've just touched on because I think when we're sometimes a bit younger, we think that, you know, when we reach that point, the best thing to do is to go out and go crazy and forget, try and sort of pretend it's not happening. And it is with age, isn't it, that you get to the point of knowing what you really need. And as you say so beautifully, nourishing yourself so that you can carry on. And that's something that definitely comes with a a sense of uh, maturity. Um, I wanted to talk a bit now about um, you, you as a role model and as a woman in business in South Africa, because I'm sure there's a lot of young women that look up to you. And you have, you know, talked about that in previous interviews. Uh, do, you, do you mentor other women? And what kind of experiences do you find with that younger generation uh, in comparison to the journey that you've had? So I think, okay, in terms of mentoring, I'm involved with the Pinotash Youth Development Academy. So I'm one of the directors on the board. We're training young people through the value chain of the wine industry. We've added some different uh, things also on that, like hospitality and, uh, um, and the F- FMCG. So we're trying to just basically expand. Um, one of the things that I've realized is that one is to acknowledge that the challenges that young people are facing today at their age are different from the challenges we faced at our age at that time. So, uh, and also understanding that I know that I'm not a good teacher. That I'm aware of. And every time I speak to them, that's the first point. I'm like, listen, I'm not a, I'm not a teacher. I cannot teach because I want things done now. It's like, why are you not getting it? You know. But at the same time, I understand that when I was at school, I was a slow learner. I was a slow learner, but again, understanding that once I had gotten something, I had given everything to get what I want. You know, I, I knew that I need to give, dedicate myself 100% to be able to make it. So the, 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 the part that of the pressure that you find that young people, they want to get to that point at a high speed. And you're like, that, that's not going to happen. So relax and take, look here. And actually talking about, look here where you are when you're walking on the path, other than trying to say, because I'm going there, I need to get there. I've learned that even when driving, I drive long distance. Like I'll drive from here to KZN. 
I learned that actually when I'm driving on the low road, I don't mind that I'm going to KZN. I'm looking at, I'm driving here to Beaufort West, which is about six hours away, but I'm looking here. I worry about where I am. And it has made me not get exhausted. I find myself, that looked like a, a, a minor thing, but I realize that that makes me not stressed. It makes me not exhausted on the road. It actually makes me enjoy the drive that I like doing now so much. I think that's almost a form of mindfulness, isn't it? Because you're, you know, what you're talking about is being present in that moment where you are rather than yes. worrying about the future and the past. And that's something that comes across uh, very, very strongly from talking to you. Well, I want to say thank you so much um, for your time today. It's been wonderful to meet you. Thank you so much, Andrea, for your time. Thank you. I'm just hoping that, you know, as we grow, especially with our young people, I'm just hoping that they will take the bet and run with it, but also understanding who they are is important. Um, mm. And knowing that, you know, our challenges are going to be challenges, but it is important to focus on what brings positiveness to yourself. And thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Avon and New Power Serum in partnership with Marie Claire. Mm-hmm.